This is Joshua Bell from the Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from November 1st, 2020. The first step is always the hardest. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. My scripture today is taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 191 in the Old Testament section. Early in the morning, Joshua rose and set out for Shittim with all the Israelites. And they came to the Jordan. They camped there before crossing over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people... When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place. Follow it, so that you may know the way you should go. For you have not passed this way before, yet there shall be a space between you and a distance of about 2,000 cubits. Do not come any nearer to it. Then Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. To the priest, Joshua said, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on in front of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went in front of the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Boom, shakalaka, I got them right. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now, select 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And when the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all of the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, The waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. And they shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water... The waters flowing from above stood still. Rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, while those flowing toward the sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all of Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan 
May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. So God tells Joshua to lead the people across the Jordan River at its highest flood stage. It's early spring. I mean, the cavalcade must have been striking. The Levites in the front and half a mile back, the various tribes following. In this moment, you, you, you cannot but not think about joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because here you've got all 12 tribes of Israel crossing the Jordan River. And because I thought it was funny, I thought I would, I would come up with some, over the years, how we've been able to find almost fit almost any current figure into the lines that bring us smiles about why did the chicken cross the road? For example, I loved watching the TV show X-Files, and there was always Scully. She was always the... The, the, the scientist part of it. And her answer why the chicken had to cross the road was simple. It was a simple biomechanical reflex that is commonly found in chickens. There you, could, you, do, you could do Jerry Seinfeld. Why does anyone cross the road? I mean, why doesn't anyone ever think to ask, what was the chicken doing walking all over the place anyway? There's the Dr. Seuss response. Did the chicken cross the road? Did he cross it with a toad? Yes, the chicken crossed the road, but why it crossed, I've not been told. You could do the Bible. And God came down from the heavens, and he saith unto the chicken, Thou shalt cross the road. And the chicken crossed the road, and there was much rejoicing. Bob Dylan might, might say something about how many roads must one chicken cross before they can call him? You could hear the old grandpa saying, Back in my day, we didn't ask why the chicken crossed the road. Some was told, someone told us the chicken had crossed the road, and that was good enough for us. You could do Mr. Scott from Star Trek, who is somehow in my life all the time, because me wee transporter beam was not functioning properly. I cannot work miracles, Captain. You could hear that one. Or my favorite one, Colonel Sanders. I missed one? <laughs> Our bent toward chicken crossings is not so far removed from the lesson of Joshua. The wandering Israelites finally have bumped along the water's edge. And that's the road they've got to cross, you see. Because on the other side is the promised land, the place that, that has been given to them. But there's people there. And it's during the rainy season, and the dark, swirling, swelling waters make crossing extremely dangerous. So there they all are, bunched up at the water's edge, wondering what to do next. You see, their problem is our problem. We find ourselves daily in the year 2020 coming to the edge of the water asking what road or what new river or what new obstacle are we going to have to cross. For some, it might be going to Israel-Palestine. Remember, I did that in January, right? For some, it might be the fact that we have a pandemic and everything shuts down. That started in March. 
For some, it might be the fact that Sean Connery died, and 2020 is now dead to me. For some, it might be the fact that there was an ice storm, and we lost power, and we, again, do what we do every single time. We panic, and we get scared, and we find ourselves at the edge of the water yet once again asking God, what are we supposed to do to get to the other side? How will we cross the Jordan in our life? How do we cross the road into God's promise for our future? You see, Joshua does it smart. He, he, he arranges the community into ranks. He has the people, people prepare themselves spiritually and then orchestrates the crossing. You see, this is the opening night for Joshua. His very first assignment as the new leader of Israel so Joshua orders this box, you see, called the covenant box of the Lord to be placed front and center of everyone. This is just not any box. It's not just a jewelry box that contains God's presence. You see. Inside this box is the living promise from God that says, where I go, you can go. What I own you can own. What I empower you to do, you can do. And that box of holy presence and promise binds God to the people and the people to God as they go into the very uncertain future. That is what is standing in front of everyone at the water's edge. So in a sense... God goes into the water via the box ahead of the people. And wherever God goes, the unusual becomes usual. The waters part and a path is created for the rest of the Israelite folks to pass by on. Now one thing is for sure. The writer wants us to know that Israel did not sneak into the promised land by the back door. So this box the symbol of the living, guiding presence of God literally and figuratively stands in the middle of this miracle. God stands in the middle of the riverbed. God stands there in the midst of the road that needs to be crossed, like a traffic officer stopping all traffic. It's kind of like what I think of when I, think the, I see the person with the stop sign as they stand out in the middle of 15th to hopefully stop the cars from running over the children crossing the road. In the midst of that, we know that that means something. It stops the traffic. In this place, it stops all traffic until Israel gets done crossing the road. The great event, crossing the River Jordan. Now, you would take from this point to become a symbol to the Israelites. And hopefully later generations as the moment of transition, that moment of entering into a new future. Huh. So what does that mean about us? How do we get and how do we go about crossing the road from our past and into our future? You know the most frustrating thing about the past is you can't change it. You can't do anything to take it back. 
It's literally what it means. It's in the past. What happened yesterday, I, it can affect what I'm going to do today, but it, it's over. It's done. I cannot fix what happened. But what I can do is I can fix that memory into my brain and say, today I'm going to make better choices. Tomorrow I'm going to try a little bit better. I'm going to try a little harder. Maybe it's just that we're, let's be honest, maybe you're sitting down on the curb afraid of what the future might behold. Maybe it will require just too many changes. And I, I think it's an understatement when we say there's a lot of negativism out there about the future of our world and our communities. I think about people that are older than myself, and I think to myself, I'm, I, uh, I'm sorry for the way people are behaving because this is not what we had intended. I feel embarrassed to the point that I just, I can't even go onto social media anymore. It gets to the point that we have so much frustration and so much anger, so much anxiety that there's nothing we can do ever that seems to work. So how do we go about crossing the road from our past into our future? And we have to ask ourselves, as followers of Jesus, how do we do this and how do we help people cross the road peacefully in the midst of chaos? Because each of us have our own inner turmoil and our own inner angst that's just eating us up from the inside out. And we keep looking and looking to see what's going to be in the middle of the river. And what do we do? We get into the water and we do like Peter. And we go kaploosh. And we start to drown. Not realizing that God will reach God's hand into that water and pull us up and save us every single time. And what about our immediate uncertainty? If you just took all the stuff out of the world right now, if we just stopped thinking about pandemic, which you shouldn't, but if we did for just a moment, and you stopped thinking about the election for just a moment, because it's really at the end of the day, most of it is not in the immediate vicinity of influence, but it's that moment, if you just took it out for just a second, some of us are at the moment at that crossing through the murky impasse of divorce or separation. Some of us are trying to wonder if we're even going to make it. Are we going to have enough money to pay the bills? How are we going to pay for the electrical damage done to our house? How are we going to put food on our tables when everything is gone and we had to use the money to pay for the gas for the generators? How do we wonder if we'll make it? Who will help us? We have high school seniors today that are at a party where we know there will be lots of drinking and substances available and we know that they're going to cross and they're going to look at that road and ask themselves if I cross it am I going down a path that leads me the wrong way who's going to help us every single transition in life our jobs our marriage partners our leavings and returnings, our upturns, our downturns, pandemics, elections, 
ice storms. They put us back every single time at the edge of the water. Now, we'll always need to cross the Jordans of our lives. I have this conversation with young people all the time. When you come to that crossroads, you ask yourself, is this really for me or is it for someone else? Joshua models this for us, a true saint. One who is faithful and obedient to the word of God and who instructs the people to do the same. God is the real leader who enables us to cross the obstacles we encounter in life and to ultimately enter into the promised and heavenly land that God has prepared for us. The Levites had to step into the water in faithful obedience, knowing that God would fully be there. And then God did what no one else could do, and what I'm challenging each of us to recognize, that God opened the way for Israel to pass through. Now, please understand that the story isn't about the Ark of the Covenant. The story is about the journey of faith. And to recognize that you're not alone when you cross those roads or those rivers. So you ask yourself, how will we do it? With the love of God given to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Who's going to help us? Well, hopefully the body of Christ. Even in the midst of our pain and suffering, we do have to ask for help every once in a while. And we have to allow people to participate in that moment. Oh, and I forgot the most important part. You have to offer assistance. We do all of these things. We take this first step because it is the hardest. No one said being a Christian was a super simple journey. We just know that it, it becomes a part of our life and our existence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.